Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's dubbing our 369. It's WWE Money in the I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the fabulous Jackie Scarlett. How are you doing? Yay, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, all good, all good. I mean, I'm a little bit under the weather at the moment. Uh, yeah. But, but apart from that, I'm all right. How are you? It seems a bit weird that there's just two of us at this moment in time. I know, I know, considering we had such a, a full house uh, last month, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> Well, uh, hopefully, yeah, we can, you know, I can keep you uh, entertained. Obviously, of course, Select Match Pod joining us uh, for Hell in a Cell. Um, what are your thoughts on WWE in the last month uh, since, of course, Hell in a Cell? And uh, have you been up to anything much exciting? Um, I mean, not much really in terms of being up to much. I'm still kind of just pacing myself when, when it comes to whether or not to interact with the outside world yet. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think with... The, Overall, since Hell in a Cell, WWE has picked up the pace. Um, I think, obviously, we'll get into it, but with uh, having the return of the fans and everything, I think it's definitely managed to pick up. Um, and I think you'll see kind of a lot of that discussion take place at the at this pay-per-view. It was about that. So before we got to the pay-per-view, we had SmackDown Live. And like I say, it's been so long since we had fans. What were your, your thoughts and feelings? Because I actually got a little bit emotional watching the start yeah. of SmackDown, and I, and I thought the opening half hour was fantastic as well. Yeah, I, I have to admit that I couldn't help but get goosebumps all over my body just actually listening to the roar of a real crowd uh, back in WWE and just to kind of hear the WWE universe, you know? So um, it was definitely a, an emotional type feeling. I think this is something that fans um, with in person and both uh, watching that SmackDown, we're all kind of really feeling the, the, the emotions, especially when Vince first came out and said like one word. <laughs> and then that yeah. is so Vince. Well, uh, and of course, uh, we saw Finn Balor's return. And of course, the yeah. six man tag to start us off. It was a really good show overall, wasn't it? You know, so. Yeah, I mean, they definitely put in a few shock surprises for us. And I think that that is something that's greatly appreciated from the universe to kind of, you know, come back to such a not only a, a field of excitement for for returning to to the live event, but you know, to be getting to be getting the grace of Finn Balor on SmackDown. I mean, I was very pleased with seeing him return. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Like I said, SmackDown was really, really good. But we're going to concentrate in the bank today. What better way to kick off then with the kickoff 8th of July? And of course, Kayla Braxton, JBL, Booker T, Jerry Lawyer, and Peter Rosenberg hosted the show uh, from the desk. And of course, there's welcome back chance uh, from the fans. And the panel acknowledged that it's Peter Rosenberg's birthday. They rained down the main cards. Uh, and even the panel was so excited about um, the, the amount of cheers. That, you know, we're going. Of course, I got into trouble for suggesting it last time. Did you watch the kickoff this time? Or, you know, is it because it was quite a big kickoff oh, as well? I, I did watch it because I knew it was going to be kind of a big one. Yeah, well, we saw Sonia Deville joining the panel, talk about the women's money in the bank match. Uh, we saw Liv Morgan interviewed backstage. Uh, she got emotional while talking about being this biggest match in her career. Um, she remained emotional was, in the speech. It was a very good p- promo, I think, for, coming from Liv. Um, and it just really got me excited to see what she was going to bring in the match. Well, that, and I think, you know, to show real emotion, it's something that people mm-hmm. might go, oh, well, you know. Well, that's, that's what you want. It, you show what it means to yeah, someone. It's it, not just a kind of, oh, yeah, I won this title again. Whoa. It's, you it, know, this, it, it, it kind of felt from Liv, it felt like sheer determination just coming throughout her whole body. So it re- you really could feel that coming from her. Yeah, without a doubt, we see a video package airing on the Raw Women's Championship match. 
Uh, the Raw Tag Team titles were discussed briefly. Uh, we get a video package spotlighting Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. Uh, and then, of course, we see the return of uh, fans at Friday show. Um, and I do like the bounce of the kickoff. I mean, yes, not everybody's going to sit there and watch 45 minutes of like JBL, Roseburg, Booker T. But if you do, it's not too bad, you know? I mean, I think, especially because I have openly said before in, in previous pay-per-views that I haven't watched uh, the kickoff before, I think that was just slightly special because of the the return of the fan. I I think it really is like the what that's what even builds the kickoff itself as well is actually having the fans that are there already sort of like getting on to that hype level is getting us as the audience from the TV point of view getting us hyped too. So it definitely was a major j- difference watching the kickoff for for Money in the Bank. Well, without a doubt, and there was a commotion away from the desk, and the crowd cheered as the Miz was ruled out and set by John Morrison. Of course, Drip Drip is strong with them. I mean, they are dorks, so they're talking over each other and all this, yeah. but they are quite entertaining. Uh, I mean, like, it was one of those things where you're just, like, rolling your eyes as to why they're even bothering coming out, but you couldn't help but have a little chuckle with everything that they were just coming out with. I know, it was quite annoying. And then we'll talk about quite annoying. We saw Pat McAfee on commentary with Michael Cole. Uh, and then we see the kickoff match, of course, which is Ray Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio versus Jimmy and Joe, so for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Uh, we see uh, the Mysterios have a new video wall. They were dressed in suits, stepped into a portal, and then they cut to the live entrance. Um, what, what did you think of the Mysterios' new en- uh, entrance? And what were I- your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, my first, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you straight, my first initial thought was men in black. I was like, are they like doing some sort of like men in black type of like I, I don't know like it, it was just so, so funny I I couldn't help but laugh I couldn't take it seriously I I really must admit I couldn't take it seriously I thought it was very funny um but the match itself wasn't funny it was great <laughs> well this is the thing but the, the thing with the Mysterio's entrance like oh are they they're gonna make their entrance are they both gonna die like well don't go into the light <laughs> You know, I'm nervous like, telling like a story about it or something. Just holding his hand before he goes into the hole. You're going, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the new screen? Because we didn't mention it for SmackDown. Of course, they just had this new, I call it the Megatron, so to speak. Um, yeah. And the, the setup and stuff like that. I mean, what were your, what were your thoughts? You know, does it matter to you about the kind of set and arena? I mean, to be honest, I didn't notice it at first. It was only after it came back from the break, uh, like the first sort of like, uh, no, it, it was only after uh, the the Usos came out, sorry, that I kind of actually noticed, oh yeah, because if I think the, the Mysterio's entrance was all just kind of like um, camera, it, you know, just a camera screen of, of what was going on on the big picture, I didn't really notice the, the design of it at first. I mean, it's okay. It's nothing standout-ish. It's not like a big huge change but i think it just kind of makes the overall entrance look uh area look a little bit bigger a little bit more spacious so i mean it was kind of nice to see like a lot more space um at the top of the uh at the top of the ramp yeah i think about that but it looks cool i mean obviously i miss the days of kind of like physical sets if you know what i mean but they've not been done doing that for a very long time I'd, i'll go back and take the backlash set all day long and stuff like that you know people can hang off yeah. but um for, for what it is, it looks very, very slick. And obviously, uh, and also Michael Cole noted that Friday was the first time Dominic Mysterio wrestled in front of a WWE live crowd. Where, where you think about it, you go, actually, yeah, that's that's quite a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So I, I do remember actually asking myself, um, is this his first time or not? Because I had a feeling it was. So he definitely, Michael Cole just kind of confirmed that. Yeah, I think Cole, since McAfee's got next to him, has actually had to improve his game a little bit as well. So actually paying attention to the commentary. They each other a lot better than Cole and Corey Graves. I just don't think it was working as well as McAfee and, and Michael Cole seem to be working out. And again, I'm not taking a shot at Corey Graves, but I think he works a lot oh, better no. with, yeah, with yeah, Byron, just... Byron Saxton than he does with Cole. Like, with me, yeah. Graves, like, maybe sometimes I could be like, uh but when Saxon is just kind of doofy, goofy pairing. If it's... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll get on to the match that we talk about, the Usos versus the Mysterios and the champions controlled early. But main event, Jay, down to veteran Ray to seize the upper hand. And Tanks of Dominic allowed the champs to fight their way back in the match. But the rookies overzealous allowed the Usos to catch him mid-flight and deposit him into the barricade again to seize control of the bout. A hot tag to Ray sparked a comeback. He attempted to live in a 619 to Jay, but Jimmy sacrificed himself, eating Jay delivered a super kick and a top rope splash, but Ray still managed to kick out. How did he do that? I'll never know. But moments later, Jay drove Ray into the top turnbuckle and Jimmy assisted him on a roll up for the win and the titles. What were your thoughts on this match? Okay, so I'm just I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here and think that everyone's gonna I'm very biased about this, but I am incredibly happy with the win. Um I love the Usos um representing twins. Um I just love having them back together. Um, and just seeing Jimmy and Jade sort of like kind of slowly but surely uh, going more heel um, as as it comes to their matches, um, you know, now using cheating tactics and things like that. So really, really kind of excited to kind of see where the sort of the like um, faction of the tribal chief and, and the Usos are going to go from here, especially with them now being the champs. Um, yeah, I just thought it was an overall good match as well. I think without a doubt, and I think, you know, we, we talk about the only thing that I annoyed with, with the goddamn fucking roll up every time now, ever since I've yeah, noticed but it. But do you know what? The only reason why I'm not mad at that roll up is because they uh, the only reason why the roll up worked was because you, you had I think it was Jimmy uh, keeping uh, his like his feet on his back so that yeah. um it stayed into a roll-up. So it wasn't one of those ridiculous roll-ups where you can easily kick out of it, but you've been told not to because it was supposed to end in a roll-up pin. You uh, know, know, so there's so many questionable ones. But that, but with the use of the Usos cheating tactics with that roll-up, it, it wasn't as bad. So I wasn't as at mad um, at that roll-up. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty more roll-ups to go on. And you talk about proper tag team, you know, what makes a tag team or not? It's uh, making your part, you're getting away with a 619, you know, getting taken yeah. out to help. And that's what shows yeah. the, kind of the family I mean, unity. Again, not very, not very many teammates would, would um, still make that sacrifice. Um, you know, definitely something that more of a sibling would do, um, especially take, no, I, I would never want to take a 619 from Ray. So um, to willingly sacrifice yourself. Yeah, there's got to be a of love and uh, willpower there to will yourself into that position. Right, uh, I thought Dominic looked quite good actually. We had this is awesome chance and mm. a great pop. He had for some the really good high, high high spot moments. Um, yeah, Dominic. Yeah, and, and, I was, and I was quite impressed with him because usually, especially in front of a live crowd, you know, I know he's been doing it now for like a year or so, but still the reaction could be quite mm. negative. But he's doing well with it. Uh, maybe yeah. talk about the reactions. Maybe the best reaction to a kickoff match ever. <laughs> yeah, like... um, I, I would definitely 
absolutely so for sure um I, I do think that you know there was a lot of pressure probably on Dominic or 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 maybe that he had just put on himself to make sure you know that he does come across looking good um for for his first time being in front of fans but I, I like to think that he didn't disappoint I thought that was a great match overall for both Mysterios and the Usos yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And of course, Usos are now tag team champions for the seventh time. Out of five, I'm going to give that three and three quarters out of five to start us off. OK, well, um, I'm just going to go ahead and give that a four because I really enjoyed the match. Uh, like I said, with that as well, predictions, uh, we again faced off against each other. Of course, Dovinar versus Jaxie and uh, mm. Dovinar went Mysterio. Jaxie went for Uso, so she takes a one nil lead. As we uh, begin here, uh, <laughs> we shall see a lot to play for. Um, yeah. uh, and poll-wise, Uso's got 58% of the vote. Uh, and then we finish off kickoff with um, the Morgan predictions for Owen Reigns versus Edge. We get to the main show. What match were you most looking forward to? What was your excitement level for this event before we start the main show? Um, well, I mean, after the kickoff show my excitement level was already kind of raised quite high because of just the roar of the crowd the crowd really made um this feel like you know the first time in a long time and it has been a long time so um the crowd really won it over straight away so I was very excited for it to start but I mean I was most eager to see the women's uh ladder match um and and had heard from the kickoff that it was uh, up first, so that's why my excitement level for the beginning of the kick, uh, the beginning of Money in the Bank, was quite high because I knew that that was the first uh, match coming up. Yeah, well, like I said, we get the Money in the Bank video package over the main show. It wasn't too bad, just the standard stuff. Uh, mm. And of course, we see Michael Cole welcome viewers, Kathy um, wearing a cowboy, being in Texas. Uh, and then we see as the entrances happen, uh, and WWE don't do this because they don't like usually going back to the past. But we saw yeah. old footage, uh, first of Bliss winning the 2018 Money in the Bank ladder match and then cashing in successfully on Nia Jax later in the show. Um, we got a great pop for Nomi. We've got highlights there of Nomi beating Bliss to win the SmackDown Women's Championship at Elimination Chamber 2017. Of course, Oscar was last to Big Pop. Uh, called her the, Cole called her the favourite. We saw footage of her winning at last year's. Uh, money in the bank what were your thoughts on the footage coming out with the entrances um i actually thought that was really different i felt like uh wwe were trying something different especially with having uh fans back and stuff and i thought it was just really nice to actually re-highlight some of the um highlights of these women and what they have accomplished so it was really good fun really just to kind of uh look back on those certain moments that they were pointing out and being like oh yeah i remember that so it was nice hello uh, you know accused of anything here they talk about wrestlers looking similar but I think Alexa Bliss and then um, Liv Morgan coming out right after it, I kind of I stunned how similar like even the kind of music and I know the gimmick's different because obviously Alexa Bliss but you put them back to back you wouldn't be able to tell which one is which I don't think I mean it, it, you could only tell because of the fact that Alexa Bliss wears the, the sort of bunches really um <laughs> But because of they both do sort certain like different face makeup now as well, uh, I can see why. I was definitely thinking, oh my gosh, there's such a range of height here, and there's just like four little shorties here because you had Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, and Zelina Vega. All four of them looked so small in that ring, and I was like, I am actually terrified of watching these four with ladders. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, unfortunately, they had to go. 
uh, with ladders because of course Oscar, Natalia, Tamina uh, were added to that with Naomi for the women's money in the bank match. We see Bliss teasing dark magic early by motioning towards the briefcase while Tamina dominated from there. What would you have done if the briefcase had just dropped for her to catch? I mean, that would have made perfect sense, wouldn't it? I mean, like, I thought that this is what they were possibly building to, especially when she had that sort of moment with Selena Vega at the top of the ladder. I thought, okay, so now here's where her little magic is going to come out and she's going to somehow miraculously get hold of that briefcase. And it never came. And she didn't use that black magic later on in the match (laughs) that I'm sure you'll get to. And I was so confused. I know, it's a bit weird, but we see Liv looking to suffer an injury, but fought through it with a tug of war with Natalia, which seems to take ages with both of them yeah. women holding the ladder. Uh, Bliss mesmerised Vega, threatening her from earning the win. Um, and we see her on top of the ladder, you know, like you said, with using the um, magic powers as it was. Uh, mm. But she fell prey to a powerbomb from Natalia. Morgan brought Vega down on the ladder, propped up on the bottom rope, only to be powerbombed by Naomi. That was great stuff. We see Nikki flying off the air, off a ladder outside in. And just when she had it, Bliss dropped her with a Sister Abigail DDT. And people call it a Sister Abigail, but it's not because it's a variation. Come on now. Uh, and then fed up with a threat that was Little Miss Bliss. The other competitors buried her under ladders to a series of boos. And then six of the competitors scaled the ladders and battled for the right to achieve the briefcase. Only for Nikki Ash to come from out of nowhere and claim the victory what were your thoughts okay so do you remember just you know not too long ago where you just asked me um what what the most anticipated match i was looking forward to was and it was this match it just completely disappointed me and don't get me wrong big congratulations to nikki ash for winning it it's not her that i had the issue with in terms of winning it is how it all happened um I just felt the ending of the match was very sloppy. To be honest, yeah, I was very disappointed that, you know, they all buried Alexa Bliss and she didn't use any t- type of magic to get out of that. She just stayed buried. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with that. And I was just disappointed with the fact that there are six women up there. Liv Morgan, you're sharing a ladder with the woman that literally just walked straight past you and grabbed the briefcase and no one thought to grab her. It just didn't make sense. So I felt it was very sloppy. That being said, I was very happily shocked to see Nikki Ashwin. She was the underdog that I think no one was expecting. So I wasn't even mad at the fact that it wasn't my my um, my guess that wasn't uh, the win. Well, the thing is, right, and I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second here because it is partly their fault. If you look at the kind of TLC matches, you know, if you go back to like the first and second ones, especially like WrestleMania 17 and the mm-hmm. ladders in the corner, you know, ladders in the corner, edge climbing. And Jeff's hanging, and yeah. people aren't, people aren't going. Oh, why is that ladder set up there for? Edge can't get the championships because at that moment in time, it's something that maybe we haven't seen before. But I think mm. after a while, with all this kind of spots, you know, especially Natalia in this match, she had to be the leader to make sure that everything yeah. hit at certain times. You know, and the only yeah. problem is, in reality, if there's a ladder set up for you to climb, you don't set up another ladder next to it. You just don't. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It just kind of makes no sense what whatsoever. So, like, I mean, yeah, yes, if there was someone else currently climbing that ladder and you, you had a la- another ladder nearby, you might want to set that up next to it so that you start fighting on the ladders. But when it is just Natalia <laughs> setting up the ring and stuff, it was just slowly, but sh- it started off really strong and slowly but surely sort of just 
died in the frame. And I think that one of the things I was disappointed with was we didn't really see much of Oscar or Naomi at all. And I think that, you know, a lot of the, all of the women had pretty much their own, own spots. But I didn't see Naomi and, and Oscar um a, a, a decent spot. I felt they were more like kind of the ones that were there to re- ready to take the fall, ready to take the blow and things like that. So they they weren't really a highlight in, in that match either. Well, I think, and also eight's a problem. You know, like I said, oh, we want to fit as many people, but you, when eight, it's just too much waiting mm. outside and too many, like six could work. Um, but like I said, you know, this is the thing of, um, for me as well, like I didn't mind the ending because you see them all fighting over and it made sense that maybe in the future, you know, the next time it happens, they go, wait a minute, we last time someone did just climb up and grab it and we weren't paying attention. So maybe mm. that, but I don't know about you, but this match, it felt like it was feeding Liv Morgan. It was all about Liv and it was about yeah. her getting a victory and it kind of pulled the rug out from under us. Yeah, I, I think that it definitely shocked everyone because of I, I think everyone really felt she was going to get that push and she was going to get that that opportunity so i must admit i am a little bit um disappointed uh that the win didn't go to live but i'm i'm also kind of happy for nikki ash the thing is i'm just it's really hard for me to get behind nikki i like nikki cross if it was nikki cross that won it i think i'd be a lot happier i'm not really feeling this nikki ash character so for me it's it's kind of like i'm i'm happy for her but i wish it was the nikki cross character yeah, but we all know how well comedy does. You know, look at the comedy character that won Money in the Bank last year, and that worked out, didn't it? So I'm sure. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they've learned from their mistake now. And no, says, they didn't. Look. Um, but I did did like the fact you can see the despair in Liv and the jubilation in Nikki, because like you said, Nikki Cross, again, uh, to, to win here is quite incredible. You can see where she has been throughout the whole thing you know when she's insanity in nxt you're thinking out of all those members she's the only one to be employed in wwe wwe yeah. let alone this money in the bank now definitely and i think she she's definitely been an underdog for for a very long time within um since since her time coming to the main roster um so i i am looking forward to seeing what she, what she's going to bring um and hope that she's gonna kind of be given a decent storyline along with her championship with her potential championship run but yeah i gotta admit i don't know what storyline they could be going with for her like at this moment in time it's not like they've really kept with like her having a feud with alexa bliss or anything like that so no, just don't yeah. direction go i don't see which direction she'll be going in do you see what i mean yeah, no, because the, the problem is, uh, with it, like in Nikki winning the money in the bank, you've got two options. You've, you've got the kind of Otis option where it doesn't work out, or as I call it, like CM Punk, first time he won the money in the bank, where they didn't really know what, what the next pay-per-view or, you know, that yeah. kind of jazz. So Nikki might have been a little bit of trouble there as kind of the mate weight, especially if like the Ripley or Charlotte feud continues. Uh, as for everybody else, like I said, Liv Morgan's definitely got potential. Uh, what are you going to score out of five? So, um, yeah, I did end up feeling quite disappointed with the way that the match was handled. Again, not the win, the way that it was handled. So I'm actually just going to give that a 3.5. I'm going to give that. A, there were a few risks taken on the ladders where you've just got to say credit to him. And it was a kind of fun match. And like I said, I think sometimes we expect too much. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I wasn't expecting too much. I don't actually think it's not too much to actually say to kind of like handle like the way that the money in the bank 
briefcases won just a little bit properly and I just felt it was quite sloppy having it just you know kind of like oh none of the girls noticed yet they're all right there so (laughs) well well, prediction wise um Dove and I went for Bliss you had two which was Morgan or Naomi unfortunately (laughs) neither neither, three three of the eight and we couldn't get that so it was one nil still to it's not looking good uh poll wise we did two polls for this Liv got 100% on one of them Um, wow yeah, and then Bliss got six percent, Oscar twenty percent, Nikki twenty percent, obviously for the the other ones as well for Italian and Tamina. And I like uh, I also just want to point out that obviously everyone here knows about my love for Oscar and my bias towards Oscar. The only reason why I didn't pick her, so, just so you know, is because she won Money in the Bank last year. So I didn't think that they were going to have her win it twice in a row. But you know that I would have picked her if I thought she would have won it. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm saying with McIntyre, you know that. Anyway, we see the yeah. Usos win the SmackDown Tag Team Titles on kickoff, and then backstage, Usos celebrating the title win while Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman stood by. Reigns said winning the match was the easy part. Reigns said he did all the heavy lifting, and Jay wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. He said they're covered in gold, and their family's always watching. He said now it's giving him what they want. It's time for them to give him what he wants. And Jay said he had Reigns, and Jimmy stepped in front of his brother and praised Reigns, who hugged them both. And this was nice stuff. This is what he wanted, though. Like, look at them now. They're both trying to prove their loyalty more than the other. You know, this is kind of a manipulation of Roman Reigns. But this is Breaking Bad-esque, how good this yes. is, though. Yeah, I mean, this is good storytelling for sure, definitely. I mean, people are going to watch the box set one day and watch it backwards, you know, from, from <laughs> the end of the start. <laughs> Going back to Hell in a Cell. Um, well, we move on to our next match, and it's a Raw Tag Team Titles. It's AJ and Amos. Versus the Viking Raiders. Of course, we've got Jimmy Smith, Corey Graves, Barbara Saxton on commentary. Great highlights of Raiders' competition with the Street Profits uh, prior to the match. Why would you do that? <laughs> like, why? It, it felt out of place, a little bit out of place. I just, it's like, yeah, we're going to get them over as a tag team. I'll play that clip of that last year, you know, when we were. Yeah. Oh, that well. was so uh, But can I also just say, before you actually go into the match as well, um, this is the only time that I feel like this match that we're about to discuss should have been on the kickoff. And I think that the Usos Mysterios match should have been on the main event. I, I, but that's I, my I, personal yeah. opinion. No, I completely agree. Especially when it's change, uh, a title change happening. Yes, exactly. Uh, obviously, exactly. no spoilers for this match. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's listening to this rather than watching the pay-per-view and going, don't spoil it. You're going to tell us in two minutes then. You're doing it the wrong way, guys. Well, we did it backwards because we were just talking about backwards compatibility, you know, with the Breaking Bad situation. So we were just giving you an example using this. <laughs> That's excellent, yeah. Um, yeah, but like I said, it, it's a bit weird to place it. But we see the Viking Raiders. They were strike early and often low, cutting the ring off and isolating the phenomenal one. Tag to mm-hmm. Omos brought the match to relief for the champions, but style re-entered the match and that double knees to the face from Eric. The challenge uses a combination clothesline German suplex but still not put AJ down. The Raiders nullified Omos, kicking him to the floor and delivering the Viking experience. However, the big man popped right out at the right time to shove Eric and break up the cover. That was a nice quote. Uh, when I see something like that, I go, that's nice. It reminds me of like yeah. watching a takeover. It's, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. <laughs> like chaos. Yeah, they always had the best way of breaking up the covers. Anyway, moments later, Omos grabbed hold of Eric and delivered a choke bomb for the hard fault. Victory. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? So yeah, so I mean, ultimately, I thought it was a, it was a good match. Um, 
again, I feel like um, it was more like a, uh, AJ kind of doing a majority of the work. I know that almost is definitely working hard and, and sort of training and things like that. Um, however, this is why I kind of said what I said at the beginning of this, where I felt like this should have been on the kickoff instead, just because I've, um, if you if you want to talk about excitement level or, you know, consistency throughout the match, th- there were more highlights uh, coming from the SmackDown uh, Tag Team Championship match. Um, and as much as I, I felt that um, it was a great match and there were some great Spots, especially that spot with Omos and AJ when he threw him over the ring um, to the outside of the ring. There were some great moments, but I just felt like that they should have been switched around, you know? Well, right, and I've got to say, that show of strength, I don't know if AJ uh, got his speed up or Omos just thought, no, I'm going to throw him. Like, the, the velocity that he took. <laughs> yeah. Even in AJ's face, he's going, fucking hell, that's a bit, <laughs> that's a bit fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But like I said, Omos is still very green. But this was better than uh, I was expecting. Uh, fair play to all four. I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. What are you saying? I'm going to give it the same three and a half. I think that's fair. So predictions, we both went AJ and Omos. So it's 2-1 to Jaxi still. Poll-wise, 50-50. And then backstage, McIntyre played to the Fort Worth crowd by asking to make some noise. He did a promo about the Money in the Bank ladder match. And then we see a video package set up in the W Championship match. It made Bobby look like a beast. And, of course, Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston for the W Championship. Now, before we get on to the match, what were your hopes for this one? Because, of course, the New Day and Bobby have been uh, bickering for now for the past couple of months. Did you think it was going to be what it ended up being? No. So I thought we were just... I was quite excited for this match. And I think it is because of the fact that um, a lot of people were pointing out this is, like, the first time at having two black men like facing off for this title um so it it was a level of excitement and i was really hoping to just get a really good sort of competition between kofi and bobby lashley giving both giving it their all also not like trying to squash kofi again and unfortunately that's kind of basically what we got um it, it was quite a hard match to watch overall to be honest because don't get me wrong it made Bobby Lashley look incredible it made him look like an absolute beast so if there's any if there's any rumors or talks about Brock Lesnar coming back to WWE Brock Lesnar should be scared of someone like Bobby Lashley right now because in that match he looked like a beast however it's not nice to see the likes of Kofi Kingston who is such a great talent just kind of be given a treatment as very similar to what he got from Brock um, on SmackDown. And um, it was just, yeah, it was just a little bit disappointing to kind of just see that he, he, he got really no offense in whatsoever. Yeah. Well, like I said, the almighty answer Kingston's only flurry with a sort of physical dominance that's defined his reign. The one arm slam at Greta Press was impressive. Uh, into the ring post with ease and then pummel polished and obliterated the challenger, losing his hurt locker. And a series of dominates to overwhelm his opponent. And one more hurt lock. And Lashley took the one-sided victory. Um, it was a simple story. Kofi called Bobby's bluff. Unfortunately, he is not soft. And like I said, it wasn't a box squash. Very... Oh, sorry, Ron. No, I was just agreeing with what you just said there. It's very true. Yeah, and it, it, for me, maybe it wasn't like a Brock squash of, like you said, the 10 seconds and over. But mm. Kofi Kingston should get a medal for being a company man. You know? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, he, he he really took 
a beating. Um, I was I was checking online the next day just to make sure that you know Kofi was actually fine and not actually badly injured. No, it was a fans chanting one more time as well. Complete domination with the dominate with Ashley. Um, yeah. What are you going to score this out of five? Uh, oh, this is difficult. I'm I'm going to give it a three point seven five. That's what I'm going to give it because the, it was quite hard for me to watch at certain points. Uh, I'm going to give this a three and a quarter. For me, it was story over kind of style that we had. Um, Prediction-wise, we both went Bobby. So it's 3-2 to you still. Poll-wise, Bobby got 64% of the vote. And then we see uh, the Raw Women's Championship promo. Uh, (laughs) Did you see them on crutches at all? Because it was probably one of the worst Raw segments I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I I, I heard about it and then I typed it in and saw saw the clip on YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> it was it's just that you watch it going no no you oh you oh god oh, just like it's i just it was quite like, cringy to watch <laughs> it's awful it's awful yeah, um, yeah. So, but let's see how the match goes on because very ripley versus charlotte flair for the Warriors championship and as the ring ring instructions the crowd chant we want becky uh flair responded by flipping off the crowd uh she was censored and that screen went black for a moment the Becky Charles yeah, started up again. About it. They, it went to black on the wrong moment. It, they came back and she was still flipping them off. It'd be like, you know what I mean? Like when you're bleeping yeah. out someone, you bleep out like you dirty and then it's just, you motherfucker. You just literally yeah. play like, yeah. um, I must admit though, I was really disappointed that they that they sort of like, you know, this is the first time fans are back and, and this is like the sort of dis- disrespect that was not needed when it comes to heckling. Like um, these two women didn't really need Becky's name being overshadowed on their match. And thankfully it died down um, throughout as you're here. And this is awesome chant started up, but I just didn't feel like there was any need for the, we want Becky chance in the first place. Let her be a mother. Well, this is the thing. And of course, uh, hopefully we'll touch on Becky Lynch in a bit as well, but I'll talk about Mm. a crowd and about what makes a good crowd. It's not getting yourself over. It's, it's, Mm. it's enhancing what's there and making it more electric. And I think, especially with British crowds, that's something that they're quite good at as opposed yeah. to some crowds who just kind of, you know, CM Punk chants and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you, you're taking from the show then, aren't you? Exactly. All right, we get on to the action. Like I said, the Queen found herself flustered early and often by the negative crowd reaction. The champion benefit cutting off all momentum and dominating it. Ripley has an answer to everything Flair threw at her until the challenger sent her crashing to the floor. She followed with a big boot to the face and added a top right moonsault to the floor. Back inside, the Queen counted the Riptide into the DDT for a solid near fall. Ripley tried for a suplex, but Flair fought out and delivered an actual selection off the top rope. The champion narrowly got the shoulder up to the shock of the challenge of the fans in attendance. But then she slammed Australian space into the ring post. They trapped her leg in the steel steps and stomped in it. And the figure eight earned Flair's title number. Well, you could argue here. It's either number 11, 13, <laughs> or, you know, 10, I think, maybe, uh, after a grueling victory. And it's weird, because I'm not going to get on predictions in a minute. Uh, but I don't know why I don't listen to myself, because I said to you a couple of months back, we need Charlotte to win this one, otherwise it's going to happen at a later date. And it fucking happened. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I did just chuckle to myself when she won it. Um, I don't think I was actually sh- surprised. <laughs> um, if anything, I felt like because of the fact that we got fans back and stuff like that, I was starting to think by, to myself by this point as well as as, as she won it. Um are we seeing like a complete reset right now? And we're going to be getting like pushing some new faces now that we've got the crowd back and stuff. 
So I was just like, do you know what? Think to yourself, she's only carrying it for for to to be able to lose it to someone else and they didn't want it to be Rhea that lost it to someone else. So that's all I was trying to think in my head. Yeah, and it but it bolts up, like you said, the number of titles that she's had yeah. as that well. Means but that I, I have to actually give it to them as much as you know I dislike um Miss Flair sometimes. The match itself between both Rhea and Charlotte was really good. I felt like they were pushing each other to each other's limits. Um I, I think that both women are so talented. It's just I don't need any more uh stuff between Charlotte or Rhea. I mean, I felt overall both Rhea and Charlotte, they they've got good chemistry together. I think they work very well together. I just also don't need to be seeing um uh seeing them forever feud after this. Um so as much as it was a good match and I I think both of them, you know, really worked for those this is awesome chance and they were deserved. Um I also don't need to see an ongoing feud. No, this feud needs to end, you know, but there's no doubt Charlotte mm. always delivers. It was a hell of a match. Charlotte is the kind of new John Cena. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, just Definitely. kind of everything about it, even the crowd pace, the closing sequence as well. Um, mm. Out of five, I've got to give this a four and a half out of five. I was really, really impressed. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this match. So I'm, I'm going to give it um, a 4.5. Uh, we're... Prediction-wise, both went Ripley, even though, like I said, I knew Charlotte was going to win at some point, but it's 3-2 still predictions. Poll-wise, Ripley got 82% of the vote. Uh, and then we see um backstage segment involving Riddle, Nakamura, and Rick Boogs. And Riddle misses Orton, but Lamora knows Boogs is his favourite. And Rick plays Orton's theme, Naka did Orton's pose. And Owen looked in, on in disbelief. And the pop for Kevin Owens, not only on SmackDown, but at Money in the Bank. Will that show them that he yeah. can be a huge star for them? Honestly, this just goes to show that he's not lost it. Um, first of all, I I don't know what version of that was Randy Orton's song, but it was like a really bad version and he shouldn't have played it. It was just awful. I'm really sorry, but it was. Uh, but secondly, um, just seeing Kevin Owens' face actually had me laughing so hard and I just thoroughly enjoyed just seeing Kevin 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 Owens reaction but then his reaction to the crowd coming out you could just see how hyped and pumped he was getting from the crowd themselves and it was just such an amazing feeling like I got very um sort of like giddy at the at the thought of this match because of the fact that Kevin Owens is in it he's such a great performer but the thing is as well, right, a couple of things, is like the little kick he does against the rope, where, you know what I mean, it's just that little excitement, yeah. he gives like five or six little kicks. But I think we bonded yeah. over Kevin, I think we bonded over Kevin Owens, because, you know, we've watched Owens go through hell, especially like the yeah. start of the year, with everything that he went through, and it kind of, it's like watching, I, I can't expect, it's like a puppy dog, or you know what I mean, like someone just yeah, failing, yeah. just, you, you want them to achieve so much, you've been through mm-hmm. so much, you've got the reaction, um, yeah. and, you know, hopefully soon, he will get a moment to, to shine. Of course, he's involved in the mm-hmm. men's money back match with uh, Riddle, Ricochet, John Morrison, McIntyre, uh, Biggie, Rollins, and Nakamura. Before we get into the match, what did you think of that lineup? Because that's a pretty strong eight-man lineup. 
I really was impressed with uh, their lineup this year. I think some uh, th- there's been like uh, times at Money in the Bank where it's been very hit and miss on the type of people that they've put in and whether or not they just all kind of complement each other in within the ring and kind of what they're looking to do, especially when it comes to the ladder work. Um, but I think that they had such a strong lineup with with um, all different uh, type of characters within this li- uh, lineup of men. Um, it was really exciting just to kind of even watch every single one of them coming out to the ring and hearing like the the hype that they got f- they each individually individually got from the crowd. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Now I'm going to try and call the majority of the action that happened. Um, we see Owens took an ugly bump that hobbled him early. Morrison with nice escape off the ladder, and then with Rollins forms an unlikely alliance to drip duo. Uh, that's patented by me, by the way. Legit Duro got with a moonsault on the ladder from Owens, but returned the favour by Plantman on the ladder. And that ladder, the way that way could smash your spine. We talk about the punishment Owens takes, but you should never come, mm-hmm. especially with that ladder. Uh, you know, maybe didn't explain it that well, but the way he come down, you're just thinking that's just not good. Yeah, for anybody. Like, yeah, I mean, like at that point, you could just see Twitter flooding with, you know, pray for pray for Kevin Owens. <laughs> He's, you know, uh, we see Morrison that he killed himself by missing McIntyre on the ladder as well. Uh, Riddle, yeah. delivered an R- Riddle delivered an RKO to Rollins, and McIntyre flattered the former world champion with a cable kick. Ricochet went face first with Alabama Slam on the ladder. So this is Ricochet's like, I always this expression of hold my beer, because he went face first on the ladder, the outside. It's just, what, what he can do is just another level with Ricochet, yeah. you know. Uh, back definitely. to McIntyre. I think he definitely had um, his time to shine in in quite a few different spots within this match. Right, uh, we're getting to just a second because first up we see Jinder Mahal, Veer and Shanky hit the ring and attack Drew McIntyre driving it back after five vicious chair shots. And then, like I said, Ricochet just shining, uh, flying through <laughs> the air, running that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Ricochet could do many things. The only person I've seen run a rope as well was Ray Phoenix. In obviously, I AEW. was about to say the same thing. Ray Phoenix. He reminds me of Ray Phoenix. That dude can run the rope like he's uh, he runs faster along the rope than I do along the ground. And I, yeah. I, I think with Ricochet, maybe he'd lose a race with Phoenix, but his ability to land is better. If you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to compare the yeah. two, and I'm thinking like Ricochet, the way he the rope but diving on perfectly onto the ladder then off the rope into the dive off the top and it even then coming off and getting hit by the riddle rko uh, was was crazy you know um yeah i just think overall um both ray phoenix and ricochet they they look flawless and they look like they just could weigh air when they're running a, a, across the the ropes the way they do the two could have a match and not touch the floor like that's Honestly, in, I my, would that. <laughs> in my mind you just <laughs> i just you'd be crazy uh we see rollins stomping out the rest of the competitors but johnny drip drip struck back i went and stunned everyone around him and delivered a breathtaking pop-up powerbomb to ricochet rollins stopped Kay's momentum target his injured leg and powerbomb for a ladder prop between the ring and announce table looks like owens it wants to get the johnny gagano award for most punishment taken in the match for the second year in a row now I suppose, because... Uh, I think he's trying to run for it, for sure. Why would he take one sick bump? Why go... Yeah, I'll put my hand up for that. It, it just shows yeah. you. I mean, uh, we see Biggie... Then... Oh, was de- very dedicated to, to being the one that took <laughs> the bumps. 
We talk about we're going to Kofi's a company man. Now he's just going. What about me? For fuck's sake! Like, look at all the stuff I'm doing. Like, save stuff for me. <laughs> well, Big Biggie then popped up, stopped Rollins' ascent with a big ending, and retrieved a briefcase for the victory. What were your thoughts on this? Um, okay, I definitely sort of like had to because if it was like practically like four a.m. or like half three in the morning, I had to quietly, silently scream because I was so happy. So overwhelmed. Very, very pleased with this outcome. Right. I mean, all eight of them. First off, all should get a round of applause. Because yeah. I loved every moment of this. But like I said, so to see Biggie, yeah, to see Biggie getting it as well, uh, I mean, predictions, but just because the whole journey and making sense. Um, I, like I said, I absolutely loved this match. What would you score this out of five? Because it was pretty incredible. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna give it like a good um I probably I'm gonna do you know what I'm gonna give it a five because overall I just thought that all the spots were great. I thought that the the every single person within the match was great. I thought there was a perfect level amount of um uh like wrestling as well as just high flying moments as well as just sort of entertainment and a little bit of horror seeing Drew McIntyre being physically <laughs> removed. Um, so it it kept you leaving one. Uh, it kept you with questions. You know, is is Kevin Owens okay? Is Drew McIntyre all right? Has anyone called the police on for Drew McIntyre? That sort of stuff. But overall, it just delivered in every way as a match. Yeah, not to take the overall thread for like money and bank, but even in this matchup, we're kind of setting up different things and maybe doing the right things. Like I said, taking McIntyre away from that pad, showing what Ricochet can actually do, along with John Morrison as well. There's no doubt those two guys. Exactly, Seth Rollins yeah. kind of being the maniacal guy who had it all, but uh, kind of forgot about Biggie and then Biggie obviously stepping up and then we know what we've got with Kevin Owens. Like I said, everything about it. Yeah. I'm going to give it four and three quarters because um, I'm going to maybe give it five, but I need to have room for the main event. Uh, prediction wise, um, I with WNR went Biggie. Uh, you went for Matt Riddle, bro. Uh, he's you know cost what? you that. I thought they were, they were going to do something like just throw it on Matt Riddle because I just had a thought that with um, Randy Orton gone, they might just pass it to Riddle and then Riddle try to either like cash in on the tag champs or or something like that, you know. So that's why I went with him because I thought he might be the surprise win. Well, Riddle was going to be, was definitely up there with my vote. And it was the last bit of SmackDown when I saw Rollins curb stomping Big E on the ladder. And I thought, wait a minute, you're not just going to treat him like that. So I thought, no, maybe, because they like to do it, didn't they? Yeah. Before Money in the Bank, yeah. they like go on a losing streak and then you win a championship. I never understood it. Like, you know, yeah. like, hey. Poll wise, with this, McIntyre got 7%, Nakamura 14%, Ricochet with 21%, Rollins with 24%, Biggie 62%, but Riddle was 71%, so everybody thought Riddle was the uh, going to be the favourite there as well. well uh, we One thing straight though, he wasn't my favourite. Like I, I wanted Big E to win, but I didn't actually think they were going to actually give it to me. So. <laughs> but the, the thing is, I couldn't, there's, it's not humanly possible to me to write Matt Riddle's name down as a prediction. So that will never, ever happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to win against well, me, I'm like a month. Okay, James? <laughs> I'm very competitive. I was trying to win, so that's why I wrote that loser's name. <laughs> I'd take it back if I could. We'll move on. We'll move on. I, I've obviously... It's a touchy subject. No, it's fine. Uh, we see <laughs> Rollins venting to Kevin Patrick. 
that it was his destiny to win Money in the Bank ladder match. He should have been Universal title match, but Ed stole that from him. He said the next in line, regardless of who wins the main event. Speaking of the main event, the video package, uh, of course, Edge made his entrance with a strong reaction. Went to style the stage and yelled, give it to me. And then Roman Reigns made his entrance, which included his giant CGI monster. Uh, the real Reigns was booed. Uh, so Universal title, this was a real slow burner. Uh, the story at the start was Edge, kind of the old lion taking a beating, but not quitting. And the kind of range just pushing his limit, you know, like uh, that's kind of what we saw. And then the action picked up a little bit. The edge counter, the Superman punch midway through with a backslide for a double down spot, left both down. Fletcher capitalised on a prone champion, stomping away at him in the corner. From there, he applied the STF and a nice nod to rumours regarding John Cena's maybe return. The challenger took off across the ring for a spear, but the tribal chief grabbed a hold of a guillotine choke. And on the floor, Edge dodges spear from Reigns, who crashed through the timekeeper's position. Edge then hit him through another barricade. This was fantastic. And um, also, another thing I liked about this, I liked the spot, obviously, with the spears, but stopping the referee's count. Because how many times do you see the referee coming out and they just don't pay any attention to it? It does my head in with tag mm-hmm. team matches. Something. Yeah, agreed. Well, we see back inside the Superman punch leveled Edge, who then bumped the referee. I mean, I love Charles. Charles Robson is one of my favourite <laughs> Rotten. Well, I mean, like it, it, it was just great to see sort of um, you know, his his acting skills getting put to good use. You know, it's like you get knocked out by your legs getting hit. Right? Okay, that's no, fine. Yeah. But uh, Reigns was wanted to get a chair, and this is one of my favourite bits. And we hopefully everything like this, and I called at the time, and the mum said, "I love you, Roman," and yeah. look on the kid's face. <laughs> Again, and looked at the mum like, who the hell are you telling that you love them to? Like that the mum looked like she just got shut down by the kids so quickly. <laughs> if I could put that into the Hall of Fame. I didn't even notice that at first and I had to tell her to go back and watch that moment again because that just had me crying. It's the double take by the kids. It's the yeah. best comedy ever. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why other people didn't pick on, up on it as much because I was silently laughing my ass off about it. She, she saw her moment and she took it. God bless her. That's what I, I mean, like, I would have done the same. <laughs> you know the kid in the car on the way home is going, you jinxed Edge. If you hadn't cheered Roman Reigns, yeah. then Edge would have <laughs> You know she got in trouble for that. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, back to the match. Reigns tried to do an Edge. But the rated R superstar used a piece of steel chair to apply the cross face. And just when it appeared as though the Usos would get involved, Mysterio's cut them off. I really like that as well. But then Seth Rollins appeared and rocked Edge with a super kick. The Hall of Fame below delivered a spear but could not put the champ away. Rollins again interfered, this time drawing Edge's attention long enough for Reigns to live his own version of the move for the win. What were your thoughts on this? Um, I thought, apart from it being a little bit of a, of, of a slow starter, I thought it was really good. Um. The match itself, just Edge looked amazing. Um, it was just so great to see him back in the ring um, and doing what he loves best and, and just watching him get go so unhinged. It was just great to see. Um, I felt like Roman was doing really well, especially when he was getting a few stupid heckle chants from the audience again, say, shouting, you know, like, you can't wrestle and things. I just thought overall it was a great match. Um, there was a little bit of level of disappointment with... Uh, ultimately the way that they ended the match like i felt like if if seth was going to somehow get himself involved 
again, I thought it was like a, a little bit sloppy with like kind of just having Seth come in for the distraction to him getting set up by a spear. I thought it would have been a, something a bit more dramatic. However, that being said, it was the ultimate, ultimate ending that really just kind of like ruined it for me. They should have stopped it and left it right there, you know? Right at well, Edge was fantastic. Like I said, everything about this, I liked it, even the false finishes. Ray's title run has flown by. It's credible. It's nearly a year. Yeah. I, I actually look at that and think, fuck it, it has actually, I can't believe how quick that's felt. Um, and then Edge and Rollins brought out the arena and in the ring, Reigns put his title belt over his shoulder. Heyman handed him the mic. Now the whole world can acknowledge me, Reigns said. And then that John Cena's... The way he delivered that, I mean, if I was in the audience, I would have been like that mother and shouting, I love you, Roman. <laughs> oh, well, acknowledge you, sir. John Cena's entrance music played. Cena played to the crowd and showed off a towel and ran to the ring where he ran the ropes and threw his hat to the crowd while Reigns watched. Cena approached Reigns and did the you can't see me hand gesture. Uh, Cena climbed to the ropes and played to the crowd while Reigns watched and the show went off the air. Uh, what were your thoughts of that? Because that may be a, is that a bigger pop than his Rumble right. 08 return? That's what I want to know. Um, this, might be, that, this might be a personal opinion, but not no, in, in my opinion. Um, so the reason why I have an issue with this is because it completely undermined the whole simple ending of that storyline, which is Edge got screwed over yet again, but this time by Seth. So in my in my opinion, the way that the ending of Money in the Bank should have been was Roman getting the win, um, Edge coming back like he did, and you saw him and Seth just going for it. In it. You should have had it end with those two just going for it in the ring. and. John Cena didn't say nothing. So there was no point of that. Like, I know he spoke after. So I, I saw this in the morning that he spoke to the crowd after it went off the air. But they he they should have saved that for when he came out 24 hours later on Raw because it did nothing to, to amplify as to why he was there. And I felt like it would have been so much more impactful just like ha- having this start of a feud that we knew that we were getting between Edge and, and Seth and doing it the right way by just having absolute carnage at the end of the match between those two. I, I understand that completely. But one of the things that I liked about it was the kind of internet, uh, in, I can't say the word, the kind of um, the connection that Reigns and Ronners have had, especially since WrestleMania. You know, even with Cesaro, and we saw after the match, uh, I think we'll get Cesaro with Ronis coming out and beating him up and kind of Reigns just watching on. Yeah, and I mean, of... I, I didn't mind that Seth got in, in, involved in the match. I thought it was good in itself, but I think it was everything with the John Cena bit after. I think it just took away from the fact that we are going to be getting this Edge and Rollins, Rollins feud. And I felt it would have just kind of had a bit of a better impact ending if it had ended on just Edge going absolutely fucking crazy because of Seth has just fucked him over, you know? Yeah, no, like I said, I completely agree. But I also can see why after kind of people getting beaten up when Reigns being there, people just expecting, oh, that's the end of the show now. And then throwing in the scene there. Because the reaction from it and the kind of, because the thing about pay-per-view is not just the kind of, oh, what a great night we saw, but it's what the fallout is. And now you've got those two yeah. storylines kind of connected with Edge and Seth Rollins that everybody wants to see on SmackDown. And then what WWE did, which is quite clever, is made people watch the start of fucking Raw by putting Cena in there and saying, right, yeah. he's going to explain his action. Did it make sense for him? We're going to Raw in a minute, but, you know, would it make sense for him to go Raw explain about Reigns? But I just felt 
like everybody's going about the kind of attitude here and oh that was the best but this actually felt like it because you had the ref bump and then you had these kind of stories connecting mm-hmm. leading up to a big yeah. event and i go when's the last time wwe actually set up some big matches on like the pay-per-view beforehand it's been years it feels like well yeah i was gonna say it's it's been a, it's definitely been a while since they've really told like a really decent sort of like build up of stories on a pay-per-view so to end it with creating more potentials uh new new stories to unfold definitely was a, a highlight of this pay-per-view i think without a doubt anyway about the match itself uh what are you gonna score that out of five the main event i'm gonna give that a 4.75 for that one yeah, I'm I'm gonna give it a five just because of everything that happened in it. Yeah, <laughs> just the, the yeah, I know. Not just the like wrestling as opposed kind of, to we did the opposite on the last one as well. Yeah, people just like what you base it off what you think you saw. No, it's like yeah, but the um the story as much as the kind of wrestling predictions we both yeah. range. So final score is four all. It's another draw between the two of us. We cannot be separated uh wow. and who would get who would get in the way of that oh, you know like no one uh anyway yeah. poll <laughs> who'd be silly enough poll wise uh ray's got 79 percent of the vote there um before we wrap up the money in the bank pay-per-view uh the match of the night so for me the match in the event uh yours are you happy with being the men's money in the bank ladder match yeah I was about to say, mine would have been the men's money in the bank. Perfect. And what about your MVP of the night? Who impressed you the most? Um, I think it's just definitely got to be Big E. I think he's my MVP for the night. I'm going to I mean, Big E's, yeah, I mean, but uh, I'm going to go Ricochet then because of oh, what... Ricochet. Oh, I didn't even think. I, th- I thought of Big E and I didn't actually think Ricochet, but that's a good choice as well. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> that's why we worked no, so well. He had some really stand moments. Yeah, and he really and he made you want to see his next match because of uh, everything he set up. But overall, mm. uh, I thought this was a really, really good uh, Money in the Bank. Uh, I've, I've got an overall rating, which I'm scared to give you, so I'll let you give your rating out of 10 first, and then I might lower it. Okay, well, do you know what? I'm actually going to, I I really overall enjoyed this, even though I did talk about some sort of downfalls that I felt came with uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, in my opinion, of course. Um, I still really enjoyed this, and I think the crowd made such a big difference. So I'm going def- I'm, I'm to give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to drop my, no, I'm going to keep my rating. Fuck it, I'm going to keep, I'll give it a 9.5. Do you know? No, give it, give it. <laughs> No, give no, it. No. I'm just being a harsh critic, clearly. That's fine. But I can't remember the last time I joined a WWE pay for you this much. Like, it's it's almost yeah, like... It's no, t- I mean, no, I was about to say, it's, it's like it's turned into a Royal Rumble in itself. You kind of got the video mm-hmm. package beforehand of, oh, this is what the winners could win. You know, you actually knows it still means something in WWE hierarchy, like whoever the Money in Bank winners are. And you had um, two well-titled matches that were completely different to one another. You've set up your SummerSlam now with your two big marquee matches and you've put, potentially you've got Biggie versus Bobby Lashley which would make sense in the money in uh, storyline wise as well after what happened yeah, it was I mean I, I really would I, I really would be excited as hell if we could have like Big E versus Bobby Lashley as like the main event for SummerSlam that would just be perfect Without a doubt, but uh, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and weirdly enough, mm. after I watched this, I watched WWE Gold, which was Cena versus Edge, which I just thought was a bit creepy. 
You know, like I thought, well, it's just see these two dudes, and they're this, this is them feuding 15 years ago. Now they're they're back in the equation, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll move on to sorry, we'll move on to Raw quickly, July 19th. Did you manage to catch Raw yet? I did, yeah. I caught up on it. I didn't watch it on the actual night because it's way too long for me to try and stay up in those hours, especially shortly after staying up for um, Money in the Bank. But I did watch it on the Tuesday. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. I spoke to Monty about this as well. I don't think any sane person has ever sat through three hours of Raw with adverts. I, I, I just don't think it's possible. Yeah. I just don't think no. you can. No, uh, anyway, even with the adverts caught out, they can make a two-hour show feel like a five-hour show. But um, we'll see. <laughs> with Raw, we saw John Cena uh, making his big appearance. Uh, well, crowd went mental for it, no doubt about it. He joked about the Suicide Squad. Uh, and he talked about ruining Reigns' celebration. And he said he came back because of the WWE crowd and his love of the universe. He said Reigns is also responsible for his return because he's after the Universal Championship and he wants a shot at SummerSlam. Uh, he then said that uh, he's basically, Roman Reigns is an arsehole. And then speaking of arseholes, Matt Riddle came out and they said throw a few times and Cena then just oh, left. That was so awkward, that scene. I don't know why, but it was just so awkward, especially when they were doing the long brow. I was just kind of like, oh, can you stop? Uh, I just, you know, I mean, Cena had them in the palm of his hand, but then they just kind of do that. and You're just so disappointed. But I, yeah. I was impressed. I was impressed. It felt like Raw again after so long it with the did, crowd. Yeah. It, it just, you know, with Cena coming out. Um, mm. And then they try and fuck it up with Riddle team with Viking Raiders to beat AJ Elmas and Morrison. Uh, it was a fun match, and um, the dripstick and the Raiders look good and all that kind of jazz. We see Elias losing to Jackson Riker in a sympathy of destruction. Um, yeah, enough of that. And then Char- <laughs> Charlotte came out, and they were saying, um, they were chanting Becky Lynch again, and Charlotte uh, said Becky's home breastfeeding while dominating the entire women's division. And then Lynch responded on Twitter, breastfeeding at home is still the most over woman in a division. You can't. <laughs> no, when she said that, the, really I, I couldn't help but laugh. That was just such a great comeback from, from Charlotte. I thought it was great. Uh, we see Ray Ripley John in the ring for setting up the main event title match later. Nia Jackson, Baszler versus Tamina and Natalia. Uh, we see Tamina's team win. And then Jax took out Reginald with a headbutt to end their relationship for good. And just when we thought that might be the end of Reg, he beats Akira Tazara for the 24-7 championship. I can imagine your head in your hands. I, uh, my my eyes couldn't have rolled to the back of my head anymore if I even tried. Um, I was just so over this. I kind of really wanted that whole thing with Shayna to actually turn into Shayna just walking away from them both. And finally getting on her singles run. And no, we didn't get it. No, but I mean, Reg gets it about first Miller and then Jackson I mean, now. Yeah, moving on again. but at the same time, ugh, the 24 tire just need, needs to retire. It's just, it's such a gimmick belt that it just doesn't even, it just feels like it's a, a jokester belt now, you know? I would completely agree with you, especially when r is what, like a 52 times champion. Right. Um, yeah. And- <laughs> Talk about uh, maybe champions that could do a little bit more. Sheamus beat Humberto Carrillo in a number one contendership match. Yes. And then up next, Lashley came out of MVP to open an issue, uh, open challenge to anyone brave enough to face him. Um, he told anybody who would make the battle. And Keith Lee made his long-awaited return to answer the call and received 
a huge evasion. And of course, uh, Bobby then drilled Lee with two spears to the pin and the win. Uh, before we get on to what happened afterwards, isn't it fantastic to see Keith Lee back? What the fuck happened? Eh? I mean, it really was. It, it, I, there was so much excitement just to hear his music. But can you imagine the even bigger pop he would have gotten if that entrance music started with Bask in his glory? <laughs> you can just imagine it. If that if it just started with that, that would have just that pop would have just gone so great. I'm still disappointed that they changed his music. I I think that his entrance music really was like a real Keith Lee one, you know. And um, uh, uh, as much as you still kind of get the sort of like Keith Lee in in the entrance music, I think that his uh previous entrance music is definitely missed. Um, I also was just a little bit disappointed because this is such an iconic main event type. M- to have and you just had Bobby Lashley squash him and I'm like oh why why oh he's off TV because we haven't got anything to do oh let's bring him back and let him loot to Bobby and then you know oh we're not really sure what to do next it's kind of been something that would have been just so like you know you didn't you could have brought Keith Lee back but not to go against Bobby Lashley right this second because this would have been such another good story build build to tell with Keith Lee returning but, in, but uh, like that, my excitement was quickly squashed because I'm I'm kind of already at a point now after one raw saying to myself, well, what's next for Keith Lee? What are you going to do with him? You brought him back and squashed him. What are you going to do now? Yeah, yeah, you can't do United States because you got Priest going feuding with there. So then, then would you look mm-hmm. at? And it's just, it's not looking good. And, and like I said, uh, and we'll get onto it in a minute as well. But you know, with Keith Lee, uh, I've never seen a to be on main roster than he was at that point in time and it's mm. just awful it's, it's honestly like he's done saying bad he he ate Vince McMahon's sandwich or something like that like honestly I can't it does feel like he's being punished and I'm not sure why well it's interesting though to note that earlier this year in January Keith Lee faced Drew McIntyre for the W Championship of Raw and lost after the match Goldberg made his turn to challenge WWE Champion McIntyre for his title at the Rumble. And what happened on Raw? Well, Keith Lee lost to the WWE Champion, and then Goldberg makes his return to not a bad pop, to be fair. I mean, you know, and uh, challenged Bobby Lashley for a match at SummerSlam. Why do you think they use Keith Lee in this position? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know. He don't. Well, it's baffling. Like, he's such, a, he's such a great talent, and they're wasting it. Without a doubt. Well, someone like Drew McIntyre, who interrupted Jinder Mahal's 35th birthday celebration. When you consider Jinder Mahal's 35 and Bobby Lashley's 45, it doesn't quite seem right, does it? Like, no. Jinder's 10 years younger than Bobby. Really? Like, I don't know. No offence, Jinder. Like, you're looking great, mate. Don't get me wrong. But uh, we see McIntyre attacking Mahal, Shanky and Veer with a steel chair. But Mahal and Veer retreat to the ramp and watch this Drew, a Drew destroy, destroy Shanky. During the segment... McIntyre hit Shanky with 20 chair shots with the fans counting. 17 beforehand. It was 20 chair shots with the fans counting and 17 before they started. So 37 chair shots. Wow. (laughs) And you know me. You You know me. I'm the one that counts. Oh my gosh. I know. It's it's weird because Mick Foley took to Twitter to criticise the segment saying he's a big fan of Drew, but 20 chair shots should be done to build a feud of epic portions. Well, they shouldn't be done at all. And that is a man who, of course, got head, uh, hand, uh, handcuffed behind his back uh, with the 20 chair shots on the rock. Yeah, I remember that. 
the irony the irony maybe loads in glass uh, glass houses and then Karrion Cross made his main roster debut in a match against Jeff oh. Hardy uh, oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 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 did bring back his no more words and just him to the light of the live crowd and then Karrion ended up pinning him with a little help from the middle rope yes Karrion Cross did lose the undefeated NXT champion and he gave an interview and said that his Hardy's made the biggest mistake of his life. Um, well, they didn't have Scarlett with him. I mean, go on, you, you take it. <laughs> I, I just, I, on, I honestly, like, couldn't, I still, I have my head in my hands because I have no idea what they thought they were doing. Like, like don't get me wrong, Jeff Hardy is a win. Jeff has been on a major losing streak and Jeff needed, like, you know, some sort of comeback. But are you serious right now? You bring the champion to first time in front of a live crowd and lose. How much of a mug does he look right now? Like, seriously, looked, like, yeah. you've got, you got to go and tuck tail and run back to NXT now because you lost on Raw. Yeah, but, uh, right, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to say this because it stops you shouting at me. But if this was about, <laughs> if this was about the NXT champion paying his dues, right... Maybe, what about making Jeff a big deal? I mean, how many titles does he want? You know, a veteran. And isn't NXT a development? And, you know, Cross Look, coming up and saying he's a big what? bad man. I, I do agree with you there. But it was the nature of how he won kind of overshadows it. Well, Jeff so did use the ropes. He did use the ropes. Actually push up Jeff again. It wasn't really, it wasn't really an impressive win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no. Been, I just no. didn't really know they were doing at this point whether or not it was specifically like you know yeah we want to get jeff over or not i just felt like they didn't need to use the nxt champion to get jeff over no and also samoa joe if he does end up beating karen cross which is a match that i've been so hyped for then yeah matter as much then again vince's prerogative is to look after the main roster and fuck nxt and it's our fault if we've been emotionally invested in the storyline for the past six months or a year. No, do you know what? I can actually see them trying to get us to forget that oh, anything to do with that loss for Carrion Cross. Like, I can just imagine them trying to just bury that. Well, especially after, like, the kind of Tegan Knox fiasco. Like, Triple H is just thinking he's out to get him. Like, there's no doubt yeah. about it. Uh, and then on the main yeah. event, Charlotte versus Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. Um we see Ripley hit a finisher, but Charlotte got a foot on the rope to break the count. Charlotte take a title and leave. So Ripley gave chase the champion. Now they were about to lose by disqualification after Ripley took out the queen and Nikki Ash ran down and cashed in the money in the bank contract. She climbed up to the rope and hit a big crossbody for the pin to become the new Raw Women's Champion. Uh, Nikki Cross. And I got to say, like, fair play to Nikki Cross. I mean, Drew McIntyre and, and Nikki Cross, obviously... You know, from Scotland, Glasgow, the, the deep darts, you know, places that they've been. But it's great for British wrestling as well. Fair play. Um, yeah. What do you think of Nikki winning it? Is it a long-term deal? And what were your overall thoughts of Raw? Because I didn't mind it. I mean, I thought this was probably one of the better Raws that I've actually, I have actually tuned into. And I've not tuned into that many Raws this year, I've got to admit. Um, but yeah, having the crowd back that has really made a, a major difference and a major impact on sort of the content um, that that rule was providing. Um, I've got to give a big, massive hand, hands up to uh, Nikki Ash 
big congratulations to her on her win. Um, yeah, I'm very pleased uh, that she was able to actually cash in successfully um, and, and kind of take it off Charlotte because of it, it, it's a little bit funny that Charlotte loses it after 24 hours. So I kind of feel like that was karma just coming back to give me something back. You know, with my acceptance of, it's always going after a belt. Well, she got one for 24 hours. You know, it was like a nice little temp. She was a temporary placeholder. I'm I'm actually excited to see what they're going to do with Nikki Ash with this new storyline now that she is champion. Um, I hope we're going to get some new and creative, um, like, uh, opponents that hopefully won't be a continued repetitive one person, but maybe, you know, quite a few different feuds I could see Nikki going with. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see, you know, uh, where her championship run is going to take her and how how long she'll be champion. I think it's too soon to say. Uh, I, I think after a in like a title defense, then then maybe we'll see what, what, what she's like. Um, because I don't want to say that she, it will be a short run. Who knows? Maybe she could actually surprise everyone and have like one of the longest reigning um, championships. Yeah, she could. She could always do a Kaylee Ray. There's no doubt about that. When Kaylee Ray won the NXT UK Women's Championship, I didn't give her hope. And then, you know, 700 yeah. days as champion. There is, yeah. there is still there. You know, we moan about, you know, Dewdrop and Nikki Ash, but at least they're getting exposure on Raw. And we've seen talents like this. We've seen Karen Cross. Uh, and and sometimes I think just get the wrong type of attention there, just being associated but, with Eva Marie. I'm sorry, she's just Eva Marie is doing nothing for her. So, but can I just get <laughs> literally? Are they doing it on purpose? And and, and no, I'm not saying putting on a shit product, but Carrie Cross killing Jeff Hardy in three minutes on Raw would have been going, oh Cross debut. Look at Jeff getting treated like that, yeah. But it's mm-hmm. made more people talk about it that he's lost. You know, and it's like they do little things out and I'm thinking, are they doing it intentionally sometimes? Yeah, I mean, it could be, again, like you said earlier, um, you know, this could be them trying to actually push Jeff back um, in, into a bit of a title picture, potentially. Um, and so this is definitely something that will get people talking because of his win over Karrion Cross. So, you know, if this actually does run for something for him, I'll be actually happy. He's a great wrestler. It'll be really good to see him in, like, you know, some decent running matches and, and, and holding decent sort of feuds with, with some some of the newer talent that I think he could work quite well with. Yeah, but I think this whole you agree with me, from the SmackDown uh, to the Money in the Bank to obviously Raw, it's the biggest shot in the arm, and it's the shot in the arm W's needed for quite a long time. I'm actually quite excited for SummerSlam, and I'm just worried how they're going to fuck it up. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, am I right in saying that SummerSlam is on a Saturday as well? Yeah, yeah. It is, isn't it? So, you know, I think there is a little bit more level of excitement even for us in the UK who don't have to really struggle with either trying to book the Monday off, you know, um, can actually stay up and watch this as well. I think that they've got some real good potential storylines and build-ups, so it's going to be really exciting to actually watch these next few you know, rules and SmackDowns coming up to see where things are going to lead. Well, without a doubt, like I said, we've got SmackDown, what, just mere, you know, minutes away as we're recording this and we can see Edge and Rollins, maybe interaction, what Cena and Reigns going to be I like. Cannot I cannot wait for that to start. I'm excited to see, you know, um, all, all of the new changes. When are we getting the draft? Do you know? Because there yeah, was talks the- about the draft, wasn't there? Yeah, they look like they're pushing it to October now or because yeah, they usually... Yeah, uh, it will be around that time because usually they do like the kind of series, season's premiere of like Raw uh, and a SmackDown. 
and they kind of like change it up a little bit. What I find a bit redundant is, yes, they have done the draft in October, but then two weeks later, they start wearing Raw and SmackDown tops and feuding, you know, start um, brand supremacy actually means something, even though they're just at Raw. You know? yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, like the only way that things are going to get better is if they actually even consider putting NXT back in Survivor Series though for this year, because NXT has got so much talent it would be such a waste to not include them again. Well, and the other thing as well, uh, you know, talk about SummerSlam on a Saturday is that takeover is on the Sunday now as well. And I'll be talking about Karen Cross and Samoa Joe. Uh, and Monty is very, very excited about it. Uh, I'll speak to you. Because obviously, Have you been noticing how like Samoa Joe and Pete Dunne have just had this excessive like standoff stare? Like, when are we going to see that too? Because I need, I need that to happen. I think between you and me, right? Don't tell Monty because obviously we do predictions. But I feel Pete Dunne will beat Joe for that title. I think Joe's going to get the job done against Cross, and then Dunne they've been setting up, like I said, they've been staring week in week out, staring at each other. No, don't because I, of that is so exciting. I know that he is such a, an irritating character that we should all hate because of that's the heel type persona he should have. But if Pete Dunne won the title, I would be so proud. I'd be like, oh my gosh, a UK guy's got it. Yeah, it would be really unbelievable. Think. Yeah. I, I, actually, like I, I also think that's going to be such a great match between Samoa Joe and Pete Dunne. Like, come on. Well, it's going to be unbelievable. But like I said, the next time you should be on, because that's it for now, will be mm. our, our SummerSlam. We're going to call it like a live party. We're going to try and get Slip Match Pod involved. We're going to try and speak to Monty. If Monty comes in, then we maybe have a little chat about the TakeOver event um, the next night as well uh, and kind of do all that jazz. I mean, obviously, are you up for it first and foremost? Because we'll have a look at Raw SmackDown on the way to SummerSlam as well. Hell yes, I want to be involved in every moment of this leading up to SmackDown for sure. Uh, SummerSlam, sorry. Well, and another question as well, and you can tell me, um, I'm asking you straight here, so, you know, you can always tell me to fuck off, I don't mind. Uh, I know <laughs> that you're a fan of AEW, uh, obviously with Dynamite and stuff like that happening as well, yeah? Mm-hmm, yep. Right, so I was wondering, okay, because... In I, you might tell me, Dave, you might be a bigger AEW fan than I am. But uh, AEW Rampage is debuting on August. I think is it the thirteenth? I'm trying to work it out. I think it is August the thirteenth. Is um, it? It's good. I think it is Rampage's debuting on thirteenth for, for Friday. Oh, yes, it's definitely Friday. Yeah, I was just trying to think of the date, but it's definitely in August sometime. I think it is potentially the thirteenth. So up until that point, there's three more uh, AEW shows. There's obviously um, the Fight of the Fallen that you've got coming yeah. up. And you've got um, Malachi Black, as he's known now, going against Cody Rhodes on the second AEW. Yep. I, w- I was just wondering if you want to um, have a like an AEW Dynamite review of those three episodes and look at Rampage a week before some. It's completely up to you. I would be honoured. I do enjoy AEW a lot, so I would absolutely love to kind of get in on the discussion and see what you guys are saying about it. Well, uh, shout out to that. Well, that is brilliant. So that is what Jaxie is doing for August, ladies and gentlemen, right? She's going to be doing AEW Dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) And then SummerSlam live show. And then the SummerSlam review. It's going to be August is all Jaxie. We've sorted it out now. Um, But all seriousness, no. Like I said, it's really enjoyable having you on. It's great to have um, uh, so much fun, especially about WWE. And if it's AEW, might, we might find so less negativity. 
it would be it's definitely going to be interesting i'm really excited to kind of discuss the wrestlers on that show with you as well and just kind of get your thoughts and and um approaches on that it will be really nice to kind of do something uh compare a different uh show so i'm excited and looking for it well that's brilliant. well that is it for today don't forget we're across all social media twitter the dubinar podcast i'm at the dubinar jr jackson do you want to just plug your stuff yeah i'm at jackson scarlet just across all platforms <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah see yeah we don't we don't need a five minute outro like i've got you just need <laughs> nice and easy right i could yep. just you know but but the Dubbin' are also on Facebook, Instagram, across all Google platforms, send us an email at dubbinarpodcast.gmail.com. We're on YouTube, Dubbin' Podcast, where we have all the latest clips of podcasts at the same time, and YouTubers do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and IG's where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Next episode with Jaxie now will be an AEW Dynamite review. The next on the WNR, Impact Slammiversary, the ultimate one's coming back after two months, and we're going to have a look at everything that went down there. But until then, I've been James Rollins and I was joined by the fantastic Jack Scarlett. Again, it's always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> Same back at you, James. And uh, we'll speak in a couple of weeks, like I said, when we look at AEW together for the very first Bye. time. Bye, everyone. All right, thanks for listening, Billy. I was James Rollins and bye. <laughs>